0: While the other side of the world may be on fire, we're here to talk about sports. More specifically, we got a baseball lockout that's hanging in the balance on a regular season, potentially being altered, and the NBA has got all kinds of fun stuff to talk about. So we're actually going to give a maybe positive spin once again on basketball. This is the We Don't Know Sports Podcast. Stay tuned. No, but welcome, welcome back once again to the We Don't Know Sports podcast. This is Chad the Mark with Mr. Brown and nobody else. It's just you and me. We've had some uh, interesting couple weeks here, but damn it, I'm glad you're here because last week it was Biggie, uh, Turbo Tommy, and myself, and we were talking all things baseball and. The one guy we really needed here, you were you were uh, busy uh, going and seeing Isaac Yankum, I guess. Yeah, I was
1: busy bleeding on myself and I was trying to <laughs> I was trying to persevere, but I couldn't speak with the galls in my mouth and it finally quit bleeding the next day.
0: Yeah, I think it's probably for the best you weren't on the show, just probably. so it didn't sound like you had marbles yeah. in your mouth and just you know, all that good stuff.
1: So I haven't listened to last week's show, so if if I bring up something you all brought up, it just
0: kind of is what it is. It's okay because, uh, you know, most talk radio shows and podcasts out there, they just repeat the same shit all the time anyway uh, because we're going to drill into your head until you never forget us. But the the whole thing is now we are moving even closer to a big, pivotal day, which is Monday. So what the hell is going to happen come Monday?
1: Well, I mean, Animal Beast came out and said that if they don't have an agreement in place, they're going to cancel games up until the point they uh, have an agreement. Uh, they're not going to make up any games. You're not getting paid. They are not getting paid. So be prorated portion of their salaries. So essentially what they had on the calendar for opening day, let's say they pick it up in two weeks, that's just where the schedule picks up. They're not rearranging anything.
0: So take me back to the COVID year, whenever it was shortened. Did the players get a full salary that year?
1: No, they didn't. They got a prorated portion, 60-game okay. salary based
0: on what their salary would have been. Okay. So they're not far removed from knowing what that feels like. Uh, My question is from, you know, a lot of us, we were like reading this on the fly last week and just kind of reading and looking up as we were talking about it. So became educated with it. So I know the big sticking point is some of the arbitration stuff and service time awarded to players. Like they want that changed and they want the uh, arbitration money pool to go up. So how far apart are the sides here? Is it something that are we looking at saying just why the hell can't you figure this out? Or is it a pretty big sticking point?
1: I mean, I have all the items here broke down on what the, what, what the difference is in each talking point. But, like, I don't know what you all said last week, but a common fan, you know, I'm not a common fan. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to walk through the door as soon as they agree, and I'll go to the game because I right. love the damn game. But a common fan's going to be like, and it's the common rhetoric you hear, millionaires, this is billionaires. Why should I care to pay $14 a beer? Right. And, like, why should I pay when I can't even take my family to a game? They're playing a child's game to make what they make, and we're bickering. Uh, They're bickering, I mean. So, I mean, a lot of people's not feeling sorry for them, owners or the players. Sure. Uh, Now, I will say, you know, historically I've kind of tilted towards the owners because only for the fact that, you know, you are playing a kid's game and you're making all this money, and I'm in management myself – but now that I got this <laughs> Biased. group now that I got this group and I've got to hear the players' perspective, uh, it ain't just about, you know, the owner I mean, like I guess when these particular uh, talks, it doesn't look good from the owner's perspective that you won't come to the table for months at a time
0: and now you're trying to come to you the table. You're trying to push it at a deadline, right? You're trying yeah. to put the, the clamps on, like, oh you gotta make a decision now.
1: When they could have been talking for months. Now people want to get the lockout and strike confused. This isn't a strike; it's a lockout. The owners, owners lock the players out. Yeah, the owners are the ones saying no. Not so. Playing. If that's the case, why haven't we been talking all along? We wouldn't even have to be in this situation. Well, like, we it's, took it's two months off.
0: I mean, you you know what this is like. I mean, you you work uh, in a, in a field that has union participants in it. This is all strategy for negotiations. They're hoping they can back them up against a wall and just get them to not want and to forfeit a paycheck. I agree with that, but then from the fan perspective, if a fan is educated,
1: the fact that the owners locked out the players and they wouldn't talk for two months, and now they're trying to back them in a corner, it don't look good for them. No, because it looks like everyone can see it's trying to be a, just a, a game, you know. And, and and you know what I mean. But like, it don't look good to me.
0: So, is some of the problem with this uh, baseball? They're, they're not quite as aligned as some of the other sports are when it comes to like their salary and their benefits and things like that. It, it, and we talk about the revenue sharing being wildly different in baseball than it is in other sports. Is that some of the stuff that helps convolute this and make it more difficult? Because like, it seems like when it comes to the NFL and the NBA, like it, it would take a lot to have a work stoppage. I agree with you. I mean, and I feel
1: like the the Players Association and MLB is probably the strongest sports union in sports. Sure. Because I mean, you got to look; they're the only professional sports league that doesn't have a salary cap. So okay. basically, the players can make whatever the hell they're going to make as long as the owners are willing to pay it, okay. and they know that.
0: Well, NBA is like
1: that with the luxury tax. It's almost similar there. Yeah, but- and it's not quite there. Uh, I just, it's 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 the free market, and the players don't want that to change. There's a lot – I mean, I feel like MLB is better overall compared to most leagues. Uh, And considering, like, the NFL, you know, there's players that's, like, in wheelchairs and it's, like, (laughs) CTE. There are, yes. And then they're not even, like, doing well off after retirement. But, like, baseball players, maybe not so much the players in the 60s and 70s so much, but – Today's players and for the last thirty years, they're they're All okay. Right.
0: And, and I'll give credit to the NFL for trying to get better, although it's very, very small credit. Now the the thing when it comes to the salary though with baseball, and this is why, you know, I, I'm I'm surprised this hasn't been addressed. And I wonder if this is why some of the casual fans might get upset. There is such a disparity in salaries when it comes to major league baseball. And we like we we see it all the time in the NFL when you might have a, like a rookie quarterback right hey we got him on his rookie deal now's our window but they all get paid eventually right but when you talk about like baseball man they will do what they can to screw over the players as long as they can when they're young and they're on those early service contracts to right. make sure they don't get paid they're making I mean you literally will have a guy making seven hundred thousand dollars. And there's another guy on the team that made $35 million. Right. And, and, Huge discretion. Like, it is, it is so odd uh, at, at how different it is. And, you know, I know one of the things they said, they wanted to raise the minimum salary to like 775 And I'm like, with all you, you got $350 million contracts out there, and we don't have players that are making half a million dollars a year right now.
1: Oh, and, yeah, that's the first thing on the uh, agenda here that I got is the minimum salary. Like you said, the players want 775 for the minimum. MLB is proposing 640 So there's a 135 k gap. I mean, you can't tell me you can't, you come can't to get this agreement to
0: see, it there. You got, hey, if you're the owners, you can't just give them that one. I L- would. Like, think. are you really like, how, I mean, the Pirates are probably like, that's going to triple our payroll.
1: Exactly. You're right. You're right. <laughs> They're going to be
0: in trouble, but right. everybody else should be fine.
1: To me, I would give that one if I was the owners and move on to the next thing. Yeah,
0: let's just clean this one up.
1: But uh, the next thing is a competitive uh, balance tax. MLB is proposing at uh, 214, and then the players associations went in 245. Right, which is so a we big, got a gap of 31 mil. Big gap. To me, uh, I mean, that's something they could probably meet in the middle. I mean, you know, what I mean.
0: So that's so. Correct me if I'm wrong. That is what the luxury tax essentially is, right? Like, once you get over 214 million, you'd be paying into the luxury tax. Correct. So they want to raise it up. Potential draft penalties. So, so more teams can afford to pay out a little bit more and not be penalized. Correct. That way, you don't have a situation like the Red Sox just had a couple years ago.
1: Makes sense for the players. I mean, I mean, obviously, I mean, thirty-one million. I mean, but that's
0: that's a hard one. Like, if I'm the owners, I'm like, let's give them the salary floor. uh, You know, but and then stand a little more firm. here, maybe.
1: Uh, The draft pick compensation. MLB has proposed eliminating draft pick forfeiture for teams that sign free agents. Um, And then let's say they're – let me me read this here. Their plans still cost for teams to get draft picks for losing free agents depending on the quality of the player. This offer seems to be tied to the MLB's uh, proposal of sort of a trade. So – that one's kind of one they're just dangling, like yeah. as a so. What are your thoughts chip? on that
0: one? Because that's it's kind of free market, but at the same time, it's basically rewarding a team. Like I'll give you an example for people who don't follow this that well: the Reds just went through this with Trevor Bauer. Where Trevor Bauer, uh, you know, had a qualifying offer, the Reds gave him 19 million, and he's like, "Hell nah, you know, I'm going to play the market." Surprise, surprise! He went to the Dodgers, who just print money, and the Reds ended up getting compensation for it. Right. And and the reality was. The Reds probably had a five percent chance to retain Bauer anyway. There was no way they were going to offer him what the Dodgers did. So basically, you're saying to the Dodgers and to the Yankees and to the teams that just spend mad cash that you got to give the little guy some something back.
1: Well, and the reason why though is because they want to be able to have more teams involved. In those services for those big names,
0: right? Like, how come the pirates aren't like loaded with so many draft picks now? Right, because <laughs> everybody just goes to other teams. Right, I mean, but
1: like, there's gonna be you know, once there's a draft pick tied to it, like certain uh mid market teams, they're not gonna be like, i'm they're not, they're not willing to give up that draft pick. Right. Uh, so I just, I don't know. It's does just, it?
0: Does it? put some of the teams out of the running on some of these salaries because they don't want to give up the draft picks. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. So like if you're a, uh, if you're a Mariners team who had a pretty good year last year and and you're not the cheapest team, you can spend a little bit of money, but you also really prod your, your farm system and your, you know, do you want to give that stuff up? No, I
1: don't, I don't think you would. I think this will make it more on a level playing field type thing. So you're
0: good with still having it and you know, yeah, I, I mean, I don't know if there's a right or wrong answer because there's now, if we did what we always say that uh, baseball should do, you're wonderful. I'd have a salary floor, then I could see you doing away with this because then you're already spending money. But this at least gives you something back,
1: right? Uh, the next thing's arbitration eligibility. MLB don't want any change there,
0: uh, and this one should change. I think I'm and just going to go ahead and say they want to change it from three to two, right? Yeah, and then the players want.
1: Top seventy-five percent of players in the two-plus service range are eligible. Right. So the that would top have seventy-five percent of those players in the two range. That would have
0: increased the pool by. I, I had this last week. I don't know. I think it was like seventy players. Like seventy more players would have been in arbitra would arbitration eligible if you would have went by this past year.
1: I I felt like that one is one like we talked about where they just kind of like prey on the 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 prospects and just take advantage. And then once – you know, they, that's what teams do. Yeah. They'll purposely hold back their – Well,
0: the Chris Bryant story. Yeah. I mean,
1: everybody Arcuna, remembers that. same thing. They held him back a month. Yep. Just because they, – but they knew on opening day he would be – they'd be better with that player in their lineup. Well, line. you
0: can't bitch about the Braves, though, because they ultimately signed no, the Cunha. I got you, that. You know? I got that.
1: I'm just saying. Like, I feel like – how do we get Major League Baseball teams to be like, let's field the best team possible on opening day because that's going to help us win?
0: I mean, Imagine if you didn't even have arbitration. What they're trying to do is protect the small market teams. Right. And maybe what you got to do is stay, say maybe the model's just screwed up and they just need to sign these kids. Right. They just need to give it, you know, so what if you give them a five-year $30 million deal? You know, they're 19 years old. Then they're locked up. Right. And if it doesn't pan out, you didn't give them a $300 million deal. You're not burning bridges here. But I, I hate that they have arbitration. And I hate that we have this whole thing where it goes to a panel and you determine the salary when you can't agree upon things. Like, it's so bizarre that they do this nonsense still. Like, I, I would be fine if you just had a, a three-year and, and, and just do it, base it, it off of uh, just the amount of games you play. So it doesn't matter, like, the date when you get caught up. If you play 50% of the games, if you're 50% of the games you're active on the roster, that should count as a year. Right. Just make it simple.
1: I mean, speaking of that, the service time manipulation. Oh, you're right. It says uh, MLB is offering two draft picks within the player's first three years if he finishes in the top three in Cy Young, <laughs> rookie of the year, or MVP voting. The MLB Players Association says that players should receive a full year of service time in their rookie season if infielders and catchers finish among the top seven for the position in war in, each of, in, in, in the league, which is
0: crazy. It was interesting they were using war for that.
1: I know. That's, that kind of throws me off. And then it says that's for infielders and catchers. And then outfielders, relief pitchers, and starting pitchers finish in the top 20 in war in their position.
0: So, so I mean, you're saying you're just in a – you're a top – I mean, if you're a first baseman to finish in the top 20 – That means you were better than 10 other guys that were everyday regular starters. Right. So it's not saying you're great, but you were a
1: contributing starter at that point. Right. Did you all go into the anti-tanking measures last week?
0: I don't think so. All
1: right, so MLB is offering lottery for the top four picks, so it would be similar to the NBA draft lotto. And the MLB Players Association is – Wanting lottery for the top seven picks. So we're talking about three teams. Right. I mean, surely you couldn't come up with a solution for that one. That seems like it's an easy one, in my opinion.
0: Here's my thing. As the owners, like, are you really that against, like, going to seven? I don't see how they could be. I think it's just something they're just holding there. Like, how much does that really impact you? It doesn't. Three teams, right? It doesn't. Ah. Like –
1: I've never liked the NBA lottery. No, it's stupid. I mean, I get it because you don't want to have tanking. Like, I get it. I get it. it, But, but, how does it explain to me this? How does a lottery prevent tanking? Well, I mean, you, you still get the highest percentage to get the number one pick. Right. But, you know, you've had teams that would be like number seven would get the number one pick in certain years. Like I think it was the year LeBron went to Cleveland. They weren't at the top seed.
0: Well, how'd Shaq or how'd Orlando get Shaq and Penny? Yeah. You know, it's, I, I hate the lottery. It All it does is raise the eyebrows of people saying that it's, t- it's it's probably rigged. Right, right, right. So to me, I mean, I get it. If MLB's offering four, they want
1: seven. My God, just say five or six and be done right. with it. So uh, revenue sharing, MLB wants no change in revenue sharing. And then a players association wants a thirty million dollar reduction. I think that'd be something they could meet in the middle. Um expanded playoffs. This is really petty. MLB wants to go to fourteen teams playoffs, and MLB players association only wants twelve teams.
0: I why mean, do come- they why do they need to expand anyway?
1: I like it the way it is, personally. Right. Because then now, like the NBA as well, you get half the damn league that goes to the playoffs.
0: Now, if you expanded baseball and you had more teams, I think you could make an argument for that. Right. If you had four divisions in the AL and the NL. I'd be good with it. And if you wanted to have 12 playoff teams, sure, all day long. But we're not there right now. Right. But if you're going 14 out of 30. Come on. Come on, man. Come on.
1: And the only thing that's going to do is at the trade deadline, you're going to have less uh, sellers, obviously. Which is what I mean. It's good for the fans, I get it, but it waters it down for well, me. Well,
0: and like we've talked about before, like come September, you know who the best teams are. Right, right, right. You know, let's not screw around here and and put a 80, 81 and eighty three team, right? You know, in the postseason when we don't need to.
1: Well, I mean, but to me, this one where it's so petty one or the other is going to have to bend because it's got to be 12 or it's got to be 14. Right. You can't make 13. So it's like. (laughs)
0: It's a universal wild card.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So, I mean, it's like, what do you do? Somebody's got to bend. I would think they're just holding it there for another tidbit.
0: Nah, man, just have that 13th team, and they can pick if they want to be in the
1: There you go. And then the last thing is actually the only thing they've agreed on is the universal DH and both sides have mutually agreed that they're good with it yeah. because it, it gives players a chance to prolong their career, brings more excitement per se to more the offense. game. More offense. Right. So they're good with that and that's about it. Um, and I want to wrap up with uh, we were talking this morning in my baseball group and a fan was like, how are these players so greedy? You know, wanting seven seventy five for a minimum salary. And then, like, I could live on that for, for years. And, like, I was like, dude, I'm 39 and I need $7 million to retire right now. Right. And people don't understand
0: that. Like, first of all, you're not getting the $775. you are getting, right. like, 460 After the taxes. Yeah. But, like, he was like, How hey, do you don't be forget so your greedy? agents' cut.
1: Well, then, like, Kurt Schilling jumps in in the group and was just like, dude, you're a moron. And then he went on to tell him why I was a moron. And then I asked Kurt, I was like, so what's the one thing do you feel like the owners are adamant that they got to get in this whole bargaining process? And he says if the owners could get any type of salary cap, this uh, the play, they would bring people back to work. And he just says that's the main holdup for the owners is some form of salary cap for all teams.
0: Not the luxury tax, but right. a hard cap. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So it was interesting that he answered that. Well, then everyone went on a tangent and was like, thinking it was a Q&A for Kurt, and he was like, all right, I'm going to the
0: farm. I'll see you all at the box. <laughs> uh, so, I mean, I, you know, if, if you set a salary cap in baseball, I mean, it could be a lofty cap. But, you know, I think it doesn't fix the competitive balance because, well, it might, because what would happen is if you have a cap, you're still going to get guys that are getting paid. Yeah, I'd say set it up there where the Dodgers are. I mean, because, I mean, it's it's
1: a – A lot of teams ain't getting there anyway.
0: Right. That's what I'm saying. Like, you're going to still have such a disparity because – like, in the NFL, like, every team's spending the same amount of money. Right. Like, you're within $5 million in most situations. Well, (laughs) people don't
1: realize the Dodgers are $100 million more than the Yankees. Right. On the payroll. So, I mean, let's say you met in the middle between the Dodgers and the Yankees. That would absolutely cripple the Dodgers.
0: (laughs) I mean, it would. I mean, they'd have to sell half the farm. Yeah. I mean, just to to come in. But I I know we're, we're not going to get that anytime soon because you said at the beginning, man, the, the Players Association in baseball has got more power than any union in sports, and there's no way they're going to cave to that. Right. You know, I mean, and it's stupid because it's, to me, that part's selfish because I think if you want longevity to the sport, and I think ultimately if you want some guys to make more money, you get a salary cap in there because then instead of throwing 350 million dollars toward a player, guess what? You might throw 250 toward them, but that's 100 million you're going to spend on your other players because you can't tie it all to just one guy now. You can't right. have a 40 million dollar a year guy, and you're telling me like people are going to be really upset if they're making 30 or 25 million a year? Uh, I mean, you wouldn't think those people can go pound sand exactly. You know, but either way, uh, come Monday, what what's the news going to be? Uh, there won't be a
1: deal by Monday.
0: No deal. Nah. All right, man.
1: I, I was hard from the beginning. My hard line in the sand was the baseball season will start at the end of
0: April. I said 140 games. What is your prediction right now? That's right around where it would be,
1: 140-ish. Okay. Because okay. typically in April you have more off days than any other time of the year because they're getting warmed up. So that's – You know, he put a calendar month out there and about, you know, 22 games removed, so you're right there.
0: I'd say you're you're right on point. Well, I'm hoping Monday the news comes out and the only thing we get to hear is play ball. All right, Mr. Brown, I got to ask you, we had the NBA All-Star Weekend in Cleveland, Believe Land. LeBron back in his home city. Did you watch this past weekend? Did you check out the festivities? I did not watch
1: anything on any event. and I hate to sound like the guy that's going to tell you to get off my lawn, but I was too busy like watching what I could watch on Netflix, which is fine. Uh, I did see memes about Shaq saying where he was real excited back in the day with the dunk contest, and then <laughs> now he's, he's sitting there also like the guy get off his lawn because there was guys that were just – first of all, they're not big-name guys, and then they kept missing their dunks.
0: And it's just not fun to watch. No, I mean, I think we've talked about it before. Unless you have the the top stars in it, you might as well get rid of it. Or just don't even do it with NBA players and have, like, these these YouTube sensations that are known for making dunks. Just have them show up and and put on a show. I
1: think somebody put it out last week. Just let, like, some of the NFL players do it.
0: Like Miles Garrett? That would have been cool. I mean, why not? But, all right, so the dunk contest is done. Three-point contest, one by center. Uh, I was making jokes last week. Uh, Carl Anthony Towns was like the hardest odds on guy on the three-point competition, but, yet he walked away the winner. And who did he beat? Uh, Nobody. Nobody. Yeah. So, wait, first of all, dunk competition was won by the guy from the Knicks. Uh, Yeah. What's his name? Uh, Toppin. 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 Obi Toppin? Yeah. All right. So, hey, see, we know our shit. Yeah, I knew that. All right. So, three-point competition. Uh, Trey Young was in it. Yeah, yeah it was Trey um, Young he was going that, up against. That's game. the only other guy I feel like uh, is really worth mentioning. But Carl Anthony Towns wins in the All-Star game. I guess Steph Curry shot like 76 threes or something like that. I, I didn't watch it either. I saw
1: Curry had 50 points, and then LeBron hit the, the shot to put him ahead to win the game for Team LeBron. And I also know that – MJ walks up to Towns and was like, I saw what you did to my team last week, MFR. he <laughs> dropped 39 on it. Yeah. And then he just walked away. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so, so let's oh, go. And then, and MJ was like, talk, he's, he just walks in the room. He looks right at Magic Johnson and was like, let's play one-on-one right now.
0: So so a couple things, uh, just to, we're going to get to this. So we're going to get to LeBron because he's in the news uh, here and, being back in Cleveland and, and all that, and he's saying he wants to play with his son. We're, we're going to get to that. But let's start with – I want to get to the NBA 75, and then let's start with Michael Jordan, right? So the NBA 75 was celebrated. You got all the stars there, right? Tell me Jordan still doesn't shine higher than, and brighter than all of them. I mean, it was clear. Like it everybody went
1: around was just like they're still in all of the guy.
0: And like you said, he's still talking shit to people. Yeah,
1: he literally walks into the room and says, "Magic, let's
0: go one on one." Go get your shoes. Yeah, and all magic can do is laugh. Yeah, you know, because he knows. I just he knows how that would end right now. And he's going up to everybody, and and like it, it's you know what it reminds me of for for baseball fans that just couldn't get enough of the baseball segment we just did. The Ted Williams all-star game when he came out, what was that, right. 2000 or right, 99? The right. Fenway, yeah. Yeah, I mean, and the way the players looked at Ted Williams, that's how players still look like at Michael Jordan, man. Absolutely, even celebrities as well. It's like it's easy for them to sit there and say that, now LeBron's the GOAT or Kobe's my GOAT. But then as soon as Jordan walks into the room, man, they, they change. They're all yeah. looking at him like, oh, this is that guy. Yeah, like
1: right. the whole room kind of like
0: shifts. <laughs> <laughs> like it's insane. Uh, Let's go follow the real 23. Right. So the top 75 players, uh, you know, I, there's there's a couple of missions, and there might be a couple of guys that were on the list that were a little surprising. And I know you were looking at it, and there's some names that you weren't really familiar with or may even know. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I don't consider myself an NBA
1: historian by any means. Uh, But there's some guys on here.
0: And as you're looking at real quick, the thing I I just wanted to say is I'm not sure if they're trying to go with like the most 75 influential or really just the 75 best, because I I know like people that are basketball historians are going to get mad, but like George Mikan, man, like he can't play against these other bigs that are listed. You know what I mean? Uh, I'm sure the 1950s were a, a competitive era for basketball, but I've seen how they played and I, like, for legacy reasons, sure, we can put George Miken on there, but is he a top 75 player ever? I don't think so. Well,
1: I mean, I got you. I would agree with that. But then I look at it, and I'm like, is Carmelo a top 75 player? And I would say no. <laughs> I
0: mean, offensively, maybe.
1: <laughs> I mean, but this ain't the top 75 offensive team.
0: Right. I mean, he's he's a fringe guy. I, I don't like it all at right. all. How about um, Damian Lillard on the list? Is he on there? Yeah, he's on there. Him and Anthony Davis are both on there.
1: I, I, Anthony Davis caught my I don't think AD should be on there at all. No. Now, Lillard at least has been healthier during his career than AD. Uh, I don't know. I'd have to look at the stats, but I don't really think they've either one done enough to be on this list.
0: All right, so anybody else that stands out
1: that you would take off? Uh, let me see here. Remind me uh, who uh, we got. Uh, Was this? Paul Millsap? No, he doesn't. Arizon?
0: Arizon? who that is?
1: I have no idea. I mean, because if like, he played in the 50s, why is he on here and not uh, George Mikan?
0: Right, I, Bill Sharman I know is on there, and uh, he's apparently the guy that invented the morning shoot-around, and everybody yeah. hates him Okay, I can see that. that.
1: Yeah. So Dave Debuscher, who did he play for? Oh, he was on the Knicks, man. He was okay. on that
0: team with uh, Willis Reed and All right, Walt, Walt Frazier. Yeah.
1: All right, I'm seeing that. James Harden, I think. I got the triple doubles, but like... What about on.
0: Westbrook being on there? I was looking for him. I see. Ugh. Like you feel about Westbrook today, and you're like, hell nah. But no. it feels like four years ago, you, you might be a little different. I don't know.
1: I, I, I did originally love Westbrook because of his tenaciousness, and now... I just feel like after further review, he's a he's a stat chaser.
0: Yeah, and we're we're gonna talk more about Westbrook here in a minute. But uh,
1: I'm looking here, Kawhi Leonard. I don't really have a problem with because at least he won the chip. He's in a Finals MVP twice. Uh, let's see here. There was a few other names that was sticking out. I I like seeing Robert Parrish on here. That that's a name people forget. Dude, he,
0: the Chief played forever too, man. But he was an integral part of those Celtic dynasties in the eighties. I see
1: uh, Dolph Shays.
0: Who did yeah. he play for? So he was um he was a big for the Suns, I think, maybe. Ah uh, I mean, he's he was a big guy. He was a center. Like I, I wanna, I really
1: wanna study this now and revisit this so next some week. Gu- so
0: there's some guys on there that you might wanna pay more attention to, just see how you feel about it. Right.
1: I don't like Carmelo at all, and a lot of these modern guys. Now if we're talking about modern guys. I like Giannis on there because he won the chip,
0: and he's the MVP.
1: Right. I don't like Carmelo just because he don't play any defense. Uh, I don't like anybody else that's modern on here other than LeBron. So some of the older names, just not sure about. And LeBron and Kawhi, they're, I'm fine with them. I don't know, man. I, I'm assuming Isaiah's on here, right?
0: Isaiah's on there.
1: Joe Dumars?
0: So, I'm going to jump into the list of people that didn't make it. That's Joe Dumars? Joe one Dumars one. is on my list. All right, because that name didn't I, – So, I you'd put Dumars on there before Carmelo? I would. Okay. How about Alex English, the greatest Denver Nugget of all time? Absolutely. So, again, Mellow's on there, but not Alex English. I don't know how you put English on there over Damian Lillard. I mean, Lillard over English. Uh, I wish Biggie was here because one of the names that came up a lot was Klay Thompson. And we know how Biggie feels about Klay. All oh, Steph was on there. Steph should be on there. Okay. But yeah, I'm just saying because we didn't mention that with LeBron and Kawhi. He's an all-time three-point champion. Yep. So, Klay Thompson, should he be on there? I don't, I'd put him on there over a few of these guys. I feel like just without like taking people off, he's a close but not quite for me. But, yeah, some of the guys on there, I could see replacing him. Yeah. Uh, Kyrie Irving. Hmm. I would put Irving on there ahead of Lillard. Okay. I, I'm with you there. Um, I, too early. Jokic and Luka. Yeah. Like I they, agree with that. They, they could be early. on there, but not yeah, you, yet.
1: you give it like three years, five years. Definitely five years. All right. Grant Hill. He's, oh, wow. That's probably one of the biggest emissions of the list. I,
0: I think it's because he had such an early peak, and then the injuries, and then he was just a role player for like seven years. Is Vince Carter on here? That was my next name. Oh, wow. Vince Carter is not on there. Matt McGrady. That is uh, my next name. <laughs> Quit looking at my list, damn it. Let me go through it. Quit questioning my names, and let me just get wow, through it one wow. at a time. All right, so let's decompress on Vince Carter. Oh, I could see a handful of names I could take off before Vince. Oh, absolutely. Like, sorry, Dave DeBuscher, but, like, yeah. i put Vince Carter on there first. Like, absolutely. Especially he if you talk about legacy. He
1: played for, like, 23 years. Yeah. And, and he was, like, one of the best dunkers of all time, probably the best Raptor of all time. And he was a dunker, but then he learned
0: how to shoot, and he, that's why he hung on in the league for so long. Air Canada, baby. God. All right, so McGrady. Uh averaged twenty points a game for his career, but he came up early. So he had a few years where you know he wasn't playing that much. And then once he left Toronto and he went to Orlando and Houston, man, that guy was a franchise player. Right. Like that Rockets team with McGrady, like McGrady was averaging like twenty nine a game. Like right. he, maybe thirty. I don't know. He was he was up there.
1: Yeah. And he was
0: a dunker, you know?
1: Yeah, I got I got major problems now, now that we're even diving in. There. <laughs> All right. How about um, Penny Hardaway? Uh, I feel like Penny Hardaway is the poor man's Grant Hill. I was
0: going to make that comparison. He was like the Grant Hill that never came back.
1: Right. So like Grant Hill at least was doing what like even then the Grant Hill's putting up better numbers than Penny. Right. That's what I'm saying.
0: Grant Hill was uh, better before and then after he was still giving you like sixteen and eight. Correct. Right.
1: So Penny was probably the one that never materialized, and I'm fine with that. I'm fine with that.
0: How about DeKimbe Matumbo?
1: Yeah, he should be on here. So if you're saying this, uh, Dolph Shays, yeah, he, I want DeKimbe all day long. <laughs> I mean,
0: how many Defensive Player of the Years and First Team All Defense and All Stars is Matumbo?
1: How many freaking commercials is Dolph in?
0: Well, wow. oh, he's not today.
1: <laughs> yeah. What was that on Geico? Uh, yeah. Uh, Artist Gilmore. Dude, he was a beast. He was a beast. I, I like that. I like him too. Like to me, like correct me if I'm wrong, but what kind of career did Bill Walton have overall for NBA?
0: So I think Bill Walton won at least one MVP and In the NBA. Yeah, uh, when he was with Portland. Okay, and then but when, early on, right? And then his injuries got the better of him. But I, I think if you go look at Bill Walton's ceiling, it, it's really high. Another player I have on here. This guy is a uh, five-time first-team All-NBA and a three-time Defensive Player of the Year, and he's not on the list. And you're going to roll your eyes when I say it, but this is like the Bill Walton comparison. Dwight Howard. No, I agree with
1: Dwight Howard. Dude, put he was putting up stats. Yeah, he was a twenty or
0: twenty and fifteen guy pre Lakers. Dwight Howard was no nobody could touch him at the center position. Correct. Yeah. How's he not on here? And he took that magic team with Jameer Nelson and uh, all those dudes to the finals. I'd put him on here
1: over Anthony Davis all day long. As far as body of work,
0: right? Wouldn't you? More, more accolade. I mean, it's, that's that's probably close, but yeah, I think so. His seat, wow. His he was more dominant and impactful. They his teams won something, and he didn't miss games back then. Right. He just showed up and bought out. Yeah. And he got a dunk contest. That was back when the dunk contest was still happening. Superman cape. There'd never been a guy that big do the dunk contest. Dude, this list is so wrong. All right. So we, we agree. agree. It's, it's shit. All right. So the uh, other thing, I don't know if people got a chance to watch, but they did the fantasy draft where I, I loved the format where we, and maybe we should do that as a show one time. Where we can do our own fantasy draft. We, we, we kind of did that one time. Right, but maybe we can get like a few more people to join the show and we can do it where – So do we pick a starting five? Is that all we do? No, they picked ten. Oh, okay. And they picked from the, – there was eight, eight teams, so they picked from the top 75, but there was four wild cards you could do. That's not on the list. Right. Oh, cool. So I think the wild cards they picked was somebody picked Jokic, somebody picked Klay Thompson – uh I can't remember McGrady, he got picked. And then I can't remember what the last one was. But um yeah, and, and so Jerry West was one of them. Uh the NBA uh Don or inside the NBA, Kenny, Shaq, and Chuck. You had the Tuesday night NBA with Dwayne Wade and Candice uh Parker, uh, a couple uh beat report- reporters from the NBA from Yahoo and um I think the Athletic uh sue bird was by herself she finished last uh dl Hughley was one of them and then uh what's his name Quas- quamo or whatever i don't know what the hell yeah. his name is from migos yeah. i'm not big on migos i just know they had a mountain dew commercial is that good enough yeah but i, uh, I don't know who it is either but anyway the sports writers uh or no 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 it was wade and uh, candace parker won uh and Jordan got picked third. How it, do they know who won? They did like some analytics and uh, ran and on how they think they would. So it was Dominique, and then who, then Jordan? Uh, it was Dominique, Kobe. Yeah, Dominique was a, a team, and Dominique picked Dominique. The first overall pick. Someone uh, picked
1: Kobe over MJ.
0: It was Jerry West because Jerry West was trying to do nothing but Lakers. Jerry West had Kobe. His second pick was Wilt Chamberlain. Oh, wow. Uh, he, had, uh, he had Nate Thurmond on there. Um, I mean, he was – it was funny. So, all you, know, you had – So, Jerry
1: um, West pulled a Sam
0: Bowie. Yeah, well, I, picking <laughs> Kobe's not quite <laughs> a Sam Bowie. Nah. But it was funny how it worked out. You had um, Shaq and Jerry West on the same team and Wilt and Kobe on the same team. Yeah. So, they just kind of flipped yeah. uh, how that worked. But so, it was fun to watch and to hear them debate about, like, why they were taking people. And then as they got into the later rounds, they started to strategize more about how they would play with each other. And, um, anyway, I think uh, – Somebody's, like, backup center was Dolph Shays, so they were giving a bunch of shit about that. They should. Where's (laughs) Dwight Howard? (laughs) Right. Could have have been a wild card. Anyhow, uh, that was fun. Uh, They should do more shit like that, but I'm with you. The top 75 pool they're picking from, like, I'm just – I can't go with it.
1: So let's get our fantasy
0: basketball
1: team or league together because it would probably be funner than what we're doing right now. Yeah. And let's draft our 10 – Players.
0: Yeah, I'll see if I can make something work with that. Maybe that could be a little show we do on the side one one weekend yeah. or something. That'd be some good shit.
1: I'd almost say we could just all show up here and do it one. Yeah, minute.
0: just do it live.
1: Yeah, we'll do it live. And we just pick our teams.
0: <sighs> I'd be good with that. And then then we can, think it'd be fun. We can just put it up and let everybody vote. Yeah, and right. See see which, which team one, would win. Which one does the best? What's the most complete team? Yeah. See how you like that for original content. There you go. I like it. All right, last thing before we jump off NBA. So did you hear the LeBron James news that kind of came out today? The
1: last thing I heard was that his last time he, – he's playing with Bronny.
0: He wants to play with his son.
1: Uh, his last season. Um, but then I saw when I was eating lunch that uh, is the Lakers going to trade him.
0: Well, they may not have to trade him because I think he can opt out this summer. So, the insider reporting for the Lakers, uh, fun words to choose in a time like this, said it feels like the early days of a war. So, that's interesting. We just had the trade deadline, and, and LeBron apparently is furious that they couldn't move Westbrook. Yeah. Now, there's reports that came out that there was a package deal in place for the Lakers to get Buddy healed at the beginning of the season, and LeBron and AD... And LeBron was like, nah, we're we getting Westbrook. Westbrook. Yeah, yeah, we want him. It's funny how uh, the, the GM wants to back off now. Oh, Rob Palenka, uh, you, you, you brought this on yourself. I was listening to Jim Rome today, and Jim Rome said, you know what? You went and got arguably one of the best players to ever live, one of the worst general managers to ever live, and the worst Hollywood filmmaker to ever live, <laughs> if you've ever seen Space Jam 2. This is LeBron James checking all those boxes. And uh, now you're stuck with his ass. And you brought this on yourself. And LeBron is always good when they feel like they can win a championship. Right. But now they feel like they can't. And now the chickens are coming home to roost. And this is what it is. And apparently, they tried to trade, or he wanted them to trade um, Westbrook for John Wall uh because uh John Wall's also represented by his boys you know so that's part of it yeah but uh that didn't fall through so they couldn't they couldn't move one terribly horrible contract for an aging player to well, get another and, but the thing aging is with
1: John Wall you're not getting anything different than that's what I'm saying Westbrook. you're he, trading, can't sh-
0: he can't shoot either and it's a terrible contract he can't shoot like, what's the point at oh, least Westbrook's on the floor and then they wanted a first round draft pick with that and that's where Palenka was like hell no yeah. So now LeBron's pissed because you're not doing this for me now. And The Lakers are kind of like, yeah, we're kind of, we're kind of looking to the future here, pal, and uh, we don't think we can get there. So we're going to keep that draft pick, and they don't really have many draft picks anyway. So it is a uh, full-on shit show now out in uh, La La Land. I saw today the ranked ninth. In the West. I hope they miss the
1: playoffs. So it'd be amazing if they missed the playoffs because LeBron's clock is a
0: ticking. Yeah. Well, and he's probably going to shut it down. You know, nah. he, he don't want to. He'll hang out for Bronny. Dude, He, I mean, he's going to shut it down for this year. Oh. You know, he, he's not. He don't want to get his ass kicked by the Suns again. Right. You know, just to, even if they win the play-in game or whatever. Right, the hell, right, right, I don't right. even understand how it works now. But it's just, it's just, are, are you surprised this is where you're at in L.A., though?
1: No, I'm not at all because he wants to play dictator of all things basketball operations, and I'm sorry, but you're just the, the player. Let let those people do their job, and it is what it is. But this
0: and is what the NBA is. Everybody's always scheming and no, It is,
1: it is. But like what I hated the most about all this rumor I kept hearing, because the biggest surprise this year in the East is the Cavs. Oh, yeah. And if I heard another rumor about LeBron just going back to the Cavs, carrying picking back to Cleveland, oh, it makes me want to puke. Because that would have set them back. Let Cleveland do their thing because they need to do this without LeBron to grow forward
0: in the future. And they seem to be growing just like I'm not following the NBA as well as many people, but the Cavs are a good ass team. Like this is not a fluke. They don't need to salvage the future to bring LeBron back. No, they—they're doing just fine. They—they—they they, they have what they need to to possibly like, chase a title. Do
1: what you're doing, and then add a few free agent pieces.
0: Yeah, that's it. I mean, their core is there, right? And they—and they're not even healthy. No. Like, what happens when Colin Sexton comes back? And then and is coming back tonight. Yeah, I. So, like, the Cavs are scary, man. Like. But all that being said, I saw the the Nets are still the favorite to come out of the East. How does that make sense?
1: Uh, I mean, I, I've said all along, I love the fit with Ben Simmons. I do. I love it. You,
0: are, are you not thinking he's just in his own head at this point? Is no, no. A I, I think, but
1: with uh, Durant, Simmons, and Kyrie, cause Kyrie's a halftime player. But that might change soon. They did just went and trade for uh, Dragic, Dragic from the, the yep. Heat. Yep. So he gets to play the games when Kyrie can't play. So at least it's a veteran guy. I like I like Brooklyn a lot. Uh, I think Durant, if he had somebody like a Simmons feeding the ball, it's gonna be it's gonna be nasty. I don't know. And he plays defense. I, he he does. But I just I don't know. The, the Nets will go further than uh, the 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 Seventy Sixers after the trade. Uh, I'll say that. Mm, you don't like that, do you?
0: I don't. I would take
1: the Nets over the Sixers with Harden and Embiid.
0: And I'm not a big believer in Harden. I'm not saying that's why.
1: But I, I don't know. That's something to pencil down. All right, and you can, hurt, you can
0: harass I'm not, me in the I'm future. Not, I'm not making a bet or anything. But, no, that's fine. But, just, but, but, just, but we're going to say you, you think the Nets will go farther yeah, as of today. And I'm the saying the Sixers will go Correct. farther. I hope they – how great would it be if they meet in the playoffs, though? Like, can we get that match up? Oh, you want to talk about increased ratings? That'd be great. That's what we need. I'd like to see that. Give me what I want, damn it. <laughs> all right, ladies and gentlemen, joining us now, a friend of the show, a friend of We Don't Know Sports. He's a man of many talents and, and attributes and all kinds of different things he's doing out there in the world of social media. But we want to welcome Anthony Mamasudo to the show. Anthony, how's it going, brother? Guys,
2: I'm, I'm very, very happy and blessed that you guys are going to have me on. Of course, I'm A Saw Scott from the Gamebook. Uh, thank you, Greg, obviously, for having me on for the second time now. And, of course, too, for bringing Josh Wright over to the Gamebook, too. He's been awesome. Even if he is a Patriots fan. Uh, go <laughs> Bills. You know, we cover the Buffalo Bills on the Gamebook page on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. You can follow us on Twitter at TGamebook, at Avon Saw Scott. And that is where most of our content's coming now with Facebook kind of limiting some of the stuff. But you can also find us on Facebook at Facebook.com gamebook mafia. We have live coverage, betting stuff. Um, as the world is kind of gearing towards sports betting becoming more and more legalized, we cover that, give out free picks. I don't give out good picks at all. But my guy that gives out uh, hockey picks is like 80 percent the season. and it's unreal so have yeah, that of course we have trading cards which i'll talk a little bit more at the end uh, but of course thank you guys for having me on i'm excited to talk with you guys today all
0: right so on the gambling thing i gotta ask you real quick uh where is your bread buttered the best like what is your go-to where do you reign supreme when it comes to that inside knowledge
2: well honestly like when it comes to nfl i just i'm, I'm like a lock you know what i mean like the best, the best picks for me. It's I, a lot of people like to bet before the game starts, but your most accurate bet will be at halftime. So there's not always that bet at halftime, but I, I can't give away all my secrets. But it's it, it's it's the most effective. It's about eighty-two percent effective. Right, so
0: is that like in-game parlays, or is just there something specific? halftime bets?
2: Okay. halftime bets, and it's it, it's in relation to the total of the second half, just specifically the second half total. Gotcha.
0: See, it's, it's a little inside knowledge you're without revealing too much, really. so I got you. If people
2: want to get the actual secret to it, they're going to have to come over to the page. And, right. and uh, you know, we talk about how you win and, of course, ways that you can win. I mean, I'm more of a – I'm not a professional bettor. I'm more of a I, – I like to do it kind of for fun, make games more interesting, you know, like a $5 parlay here and there. And, I mean, if it hits, it hits. But at the end of the day, I'm not trying to gamble. hundred. Right.
0: Okay, I'm, so you're not on a second or third mortgage. That's good. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Don't want to get that far.
0: See, I, I'm not a professional better either. I
1: do it for pride, but I want to say I'm one of the best in the world at doing it because I got my blue check mark and I'm front page news, baby. When we pick NFL spreads,
0: so to remind the listeners, Mr. Brown did finish me top ten nationally when it came to just picking NFL games against the spread and every
1: game, every
0: team. I think Maurice Jones-Drew oh. got you beat though, didn't he? If he did, it was in the last week yeah, when I it, folded.
1: It was like, yeah, but
0: so, I, had, I had Maurice jones through all season long. Uh, yeah. but but uh, yeah. So uh, you can always check us out over on Pick Watch. We're not going to give you the depth or the uh, deep dive that Anthony will, but we all like to have a little fun when it comes to gambling. And speaking of having fun, he's got to come on this uh, upcoming
1: season, at, for at least a guest for a picker. guest
0: picker, at least once. So we'll, we'll g- get you back for sure during the football season, Anthony. But speaking of fun. Maybe the funnest NFL game of the year happened to take place in the AFC divisional round between the Ooh. Buffalo Bills Ooh. and the Kansas City Chiefs. And if I read this correctly, um, you are a Buffalo Bills fan. <laughs> so uh, I, how, how are you feeling about that game now that it's like a month removed from your soul?
2: Um, I'll say this first. I'm glad that I was born in 1994 after the four Super Bowls. <laughs> um, <laughs> I honestly – this whole thirteen seconds dilemma. I I don't know how people ever watched four years in a row at the big game and then just you know get let down. I honestly don't know. It, it was really painful. Um,
0: Most of those were was, blowouts though, so that feels a little different, you know. Except the first one. Why? Except bright. for the and first I mean, one. And
2: I always feel like if they would have made that field goal in the first one, maybe they win the next three. Who knows? I mean, you just you never know. But of course, it was a very entertaining game to watch. Uh, if some people really said that was the Super Bowl, I could agree with that. I just it just is so disappointing. We're right there, right over, right there to getting over the hump against the team that defeated us in the AFC Championship last year. To getting to host the AFC Championship in Buffalo this year against the Bengals, and I mean I thought that we were a much better team than the Cincinnati Bengals had. So it just it sucks, and I mean it's it's still. You know, it's February 24th right now, and it's still hurting at this point. But um, that's the name of the game. I mean, I'm fortunate to at least see some success from the Buffalo Bills versus most of the years that I've been a fan haven't been that way. So I am grateful. It was still an exciting season. I'm still really looking forward to the future with Josh Allen, John McDermott, and now Ken Dorsey as the offensive coordinator replacing Brian Dable too. He's probably, he's probably a
0: good coordinator because he sure as hell couldn't throw the ball. He had to be smart enough to at least figure it out. So he might be. Well, usually the game. guys that couldn't
2: throw the ball are tend to be better uh, coaches. Doug Peterson. <laughs> <laughs>
0: exactly. So, so if you had to say, just well, I'll tell you what, just fill in the blank. In the off season, the Buffalo Bills have to do blank to win the Super Bowl.
2: Um, improve the defense, and and, and I don't know whether that. See, here's the thing. We were, we were Tredavious White short of, of beating Kansas the City, Kansas City Chiefs. Sorry. And, I mean, that's something that people don't remember because if they don't remember that Tredavious White had a season-ending injury uh, against, I think it was Tampa Bay but, or earlier than that. But, I mean, if he'd been there, that probably makes the difference. I mean, he is an all-pro caliber cornerback, so I think they need to either get a pass rusher or a, be- a better defensive tackle. They need a big body in the middle of the field to kind of bully their way and, and make it harder for teams to run against us. I think that ultimately we were pretty good in the even without Tredavious White. But, like, it's the Kansas City Chiefs. You know, they- they're ultimately going to attack you in that sense. But if you allow them to run the football too, there's just no way. So you have to be able to stop them somehow making it harder to do. If you make it harder to do one thing, it makes it harder to do the other thing too. So oh, I think improving that rush defense is going to be the most important. thing.
0: So let's hit on some more uh, of your favorites here. I see you're rocking the Yankees cap. And Mr. Brown and I talked a little bit uh, about the work stoppage that we got right now. So just real quick, when do you think we'll have the start of baseball? I think the start of the
2: regular season will come. I, I predicted, I just, I took that last night, April 17th. I, for some reason, that's my thing. I just, I don't anticipate, you know, in, in today's age, you know, we saw the last lockout for the NBA. It only lasted for 16 total regular season games. Got shortened at 66. But I don't anticipate the MLB having to take that much time. I mean, especially already having COVID-affected seasons, where it obviously affects the revenue that owners generate, as well as players' salary. You know I mean, so I'm sure that both sides do have a sense of eagerness. It just I mean, like, come on, grow up a little bit. Come, come to an agreement. To find your middle ground. At the end of the day, that's what has to happen. You know, not one side is going to completely submit. Come and find a, a middle ground. And that's why I think April 17th see the season.
0: So we'll ask you about your Yankees then real quick. Are they going to do right. anything once they get an opportunity to actually talk to any free agents out there? What What is their season going to look like? What are, What are your hopes or prognostications for the Bronx Bombers?
2: It's it's sad that I honestly, like, I, I don't have that level of optimism, I guess, about the Yankees. It just, it doesn't seem to have that magic to the franchise that they once had. I mean, I still anticipate that they're going to be a good team. They'll probably compete for the playoffs, but I really don't see them uh, as, a, as a championship contender. And I mean, what reason do I have to? If they're incredibly inconsistent, hitting the ball, striking out, I mean, you bring in. The Joey Gallo trade, for instance, I, I did not understand that. You want to go buy more home runs and more strikeouts yeah, instead of more hits, walks. I mean, more runs. I, I mean, I hope the Yankees find a way to let go of Chad Green. I don't know what the hell that guy does. He comes in three, four runs. I got to turn the TV on. So <laughs> I just, at the end of the season, I really started to become incredibly disappointed when they had such a, a, a good win streak and they immediately followed up with a losing streak. So they're just incredibly inconsistent. There's just too much drama between is Aaron Boone a good manager? Is he an analytics guy? It just there's too much talk and not enough winning. So for me to buy into the New York Yankees right now, as, as a sports fan before I am a team fan, I'd be lying to you if I said that I was excited for the Yankees season. I mean, we'll see. I hope I hope they, they prove me wrong, but I don't, I don't have much ambition.
1: So I'll, I'll double down on what you said. I, I agree, uh, but I like the Anthony Rizzo. Uh, yeah, I do too.
2: And speaking of, I just got a number card of to him too, which is pretty nice.
1: So I like that trade, uh, but then you double down with Gallo, and it makes sense because to me you all needed pitching at that point, and they completely yeah. disregarded pitching. Um, but on a positive note in the offseason, it appears that the two front runners for Freddie Freeman are the Yankees and the Toronto Blue Jays.
2: How do you feel about that, Greg? I mean <laughs> I mean, before you ask me, how do you feel about
1: that? Uh, I love Freddie Freeman. Don't get me wrong. I feel like he's gonna be a guy that ages gracefully because like his body and his the it, way he plays,
0: the, the way, he way he plays, does.
1: it projects long term. You might like feel sorry about it for the last year or two. I don't feel like this is gonna be an Albert Pujols type deal. I feel like mm-hmm. the guy's gonna produce wherever he goes for the next six years at least, because uh, he's that good of a hitter. Um, but that being said. He didn't put up our best stats of the year. That would have been Austin Riley even after Acuna went down. So I have a hard time paying $30 million for a guy who might be our second best or third best Mm -hmm. offensive player um, when we could go out and get two or three pieces. But this ain't about me. I'm wearing the hat. I got the ring. So my son, my son who's going to return 13 in April, don't know what a ring is for the Yankees. So I, I just hope you guys figure it out.
2: Well, I mean, let me say this about Freddie Freeman. I would definitely, I mean, I was more curious if it, if it's going to affect you to lose him. You know what I mean? Does it, does it hurt to see him going? I would definitely welcome him. I mean, it's definitely pricey. I'm not really worried about, it. will he produce? I think he does produce consistently. I think that he's also one of those good human beings, kind of oh, a good yeah. character. Something right. the Yankees need more of. I mean, they have that with Aaron Judge, but I just don't see enough leadership within the dugout completely. I don't I see Aaron Boone getting guys fired up. So I need somebody on the team to do it, and I mean, it's funny. I was just watching the '86 Mets documentary on uh, Thirty for Thirty. Oh, it's amazing, it's like, isn't it? We need like a without without the drugs and alcohol, of course. <laughs> we need a guy like Keith Hernandez to you know come out and get a little bit more knowledge and you need and a glue guy. Yeah, I mean, we, we don't have that right now,
1: and um, sadly, Aaron Boone is your Davy Johnson, man. I mean, I, I'm thinking like. How many times would the Mets have won if they had someone other than Davey Johnson? Because I know he let them do what they wanted to do, but my God, they could have been a dynasty. Maybe that's the only yeah. reason
0: why they even put it together the way they did. I know, it. but I'm you, just saying.
1: You never know. I'm just saying. Uh, I hate yeah, to say I mean, that about Aaron because Booney's his brother Booney's a friend of the show too, but I, I, it is what it is, man. Yeah, I mean, Aaron Boone, I, It just – its he can't put everything
2: on the manager completely. I mean and- – is something that he can't control um player can <laughs> green is something he can't entirely control he can control putting him in but i think aaron boone does about as good of a job as you can really expect i don't really think you need to necessarily go and fire the guy i think that in any sport when you have a general manager or or a manager or a head coach you need to give them sufficient time to see their vision come to life and if he has a vision for this team he, ha- he should be given a chance to, to, to make it happen. But the Yankees also need to be on the on the baseball field in order to, you know, to see if it can happen. If he has the tools and he can't make it happen, then you can talk about firing him. But at this point, I'm okay with him. I just, he doesn't get me fired up. You know what I mean? He just, Joe Girardi at times got me fired up watching. him. You know what I mean? So, I don't know. I, I, I just think give him a chance to do his job.
1: I understand completely. I wouldn't fire the guy either, but if you had to give me one prediction right now as we stand without any more off-season moves, would you pick the Yankees, Sox, or the Rays to win a division right now? What about
0: the Blues?